Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andy. Good morning. Good morning. It's afternoon where you are, isn't it, Andy? It is. It's afternoon. Just barely, just barely. Getting a good early Thurs pod in. Could have been earlier. Could have been. Could have been 3 a.m. your time, midnight my time, if we had done a breaking news. Yeah, I was sound asleep. Andy, can I ask you a question to start the show? Sure. If you go on the ESPN front page right now, um, the top stories, the top headlines, it's all NBA, no NFL. Are you triggered? Did you write them a letter? What is this? Are we going back to the classic? Like, fuck ESPN days. See, this is what they want you to talk about, man. Wow. No NFL. Not even. No. Like, I mean, I just got to imagine Andy Ruther sitting there in Cincinnati. Like, no Kelsey brothers. How are they preparing? What's the what is the mom wearing a split jersey? No, no, even no, even Jesus freak. Russell Wilson's turned out to be a, a, a financial criminal. Nothing. Nothing. They even had European soccer as the fifth story. They did like they heard Randy Ruther say football is king. And the NBA said, hold this Kevin Durant trade. Well, they still are. But, you know, we, we can let we can let the NBA have have a day or two. We can let some other sports have in a the day middle of Super Bowl week. The thing about Super Bowl week, you have two weeks off in between, right? So I feel like that lull, everybody just gets to the point of let's play the game. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't Do know. You, what- let, me, let me ask you a question. And and I mean this totally honestly, not like fucking with you um, and your undying love of the NFL. Um, this is totally legit. Does this seem like a... Uh, does it seem like a a Super Bowl that people are not that hyped about? I kind of feel that way. Yeah, me too. I don't know what it is. You would think with the Eagles alone being in there. I mean, I know the Chiefs have been there a lot lately. Um, but the you would think just Eagles fans alone would keep this hype. And I'm sure they are, but they're just probably we probably don't see them cuz they're like vampires. They wake up at 3 a.m shit all over the streets eat their own <laughs> shit well you have chiefs fatigue that's real we've discussed that there's definitely a chiefs fatigue at this point and unlike the patriots i don't think the patriots fatigue was different patriots were definitely very polarizing the chiefs fatigue, i don't think like the chiefs aren't polarizing so there's not as much interest that's just that's just my personal opinion right yeah yeah. Like a lot of people hated Brady. Who hates Patrick Mahomes? 
Yeah. You know, like, like, why would you not like Patrick Mahomes? What's there to hate about Patrick Mahomes? His family, but they've been quiet this year. Yeah. But there is a great prop bet we'll get to later in the show. We'll do a full rundown of Super Bowl 57 prop bets. There's a great prop bet on Jackson Mahomes TikToks. TikTok during the game. Yeah. Wow. Love it. What a great age to be able to bet on. Yeah. A quarterback's brother doing dances. Remember, it's 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 we're a long way from our daddy's Super Bowls where Joe Montana was coming into the huddle and being like, Hey, is that John Candy? And now, you know, uh Jalen Hurts will be in the Super Bowl two minute drill to lead the Eagles down to win the championship and he'll go, Hey, is that Jackson Mahomes twerking? <laughs> And his offensive line will be telling the story 30 years from now. We knew he was so calm and cool and collected because it was a TV timeout. The the biggest, the next play, the biggest play of our lives. And he says to us, is that Brittany Mahomes pouring champagne on homeless people? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that alone, those two alone is a reason to make the guy MVP every year. Yeah, I agree. You know, he plays with that background noise. Yeah. But we'll get to that, Joe. We're going to lead with a little NBA. Anything is possible. It was a big week, big week for the NBA. Big week in NBA history. Huge. Huge. We'll start off with the latest, which is Kevin Durant traded to the Phoenix Suns. Like you said, about 3 a.m. Eastern time, the move happened. I was sound asleep. Woke up. The Suns get KD, TJ Warren. The Nets will get Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder, and four first-round picks in the 2028 pick Jay Crowder already shipped to the Milwaukee Bucks for five second-round picks. I didn't even see that, see? Yep. Yeah. The NBA deadline is moving and grooving, Andy. I believe it is. Yeah, we're about, we're two and plus hours away. It's noon here, 3 p.m. your time is the deadline. Um, Kevin Durant, though, obviously the big story. Uh, we talked about it last episode at length. In an episode, I assume, will be um, eventually uh, pulled down because we talked about Kyrie Irving. <laughs> But uh, so uh, now I'm going to be more careful of the things I talk about. Anyway, yeah. let me just let me just address that. We had an episode removed from YouTube because apparently we violated the whole episode policy. It was interesting because I don't even really remember. I'm going back and listening to I it. I think it's time to get on Spotify, Andy. We got to go the Joe Rogan route. I mean, he's out there. Taking shots at my people now, you know, he's out there with his, you know, Italians love pizza. I was like, why are you bringing us into this? I don't I, leave us out of leave us out of your anti-Semitism. <laughs> leave us alone. Um, also, yeah, just we just kind of we'll just have to be careful. So I, I actually just want to read real quick before we get to the trade. This is what I received this morning. Episode 904, Joe Burrow has defeated the Ruther curse. Maybe this is the Ruther curse. Was removed 
due to medical misinformation. And according to YouTube, YouTube does not allow claims about COVID-19 vaccinations that contradict expert consensus from local authorities or World, or health, world health organizations. Which I, th- which is funny because you said you were through it. And so far, all we've got is maybe me mocking. Yes. Damar Hamlin. Conspiracy, conspiracy theorists. theorists. Yeah. So basically, I'm 25 minutes in. And you sarcastically say some things. That's it. Yeah. This was after the Bills Bengals game. So, uh, welcome to 2023. I know you've run into problems with other social media platforms. Removing content. Yeah. That's, that's due to, uh, angry batch of Swifties. Yeah. So anyway, this is available everywhere else, but YouTube, but hopefully we don't get dinged again because this is craziness. Well, anyway, the, uh, Kyrie Irving for, for all of his, um, flaws, uh, that we talked about at length last episode, moved to the Mavs. And, you know, I heard there's been a lot of great conversation this week. The NBA, NBA talking heads and all the stuff with everything going on, LeBron, trade deadline, Kyrie, KD, all this stuff. This is a you know great question that I heard. And I agreed. I forget who said it, but uh, uh, they said, should the Nets now move Kevin Durant? And I, whoever it was said no. And I agree. I agreed with no. Now, I know there's a, a relationship issue or whatever um, because this summer he requested a trade. But it seemed like it was a lot of this stuff all sort of hinged on Kyrie and whatever. And then the, the Nets were sitting in the fourth spot or the fifth spot with Kevin Durant about to return. Not a, a great young team, um, but a good-ish little group of young players. And now there is something about if you can't win it all. It's not again. It's not the NFL. You know, making the playoffs in the NBA and and going deep in the playoffs is important. I think to the development of young guys. It's not often that teams that just go from not making a playoff with a bunch of young players into the conference finals or the finals. So I think there's a little bit more there with like developing, uh, should they trade Kevin Durant? And I said, no, because the bottom line is eventually for any team to win, you're going to need a not maybe Kevin Durant caliber player, but a star player. You have to build around a star and there's no guarantees that, You'll ever get a star in the draft or you'll ever get a, be able to acquire a star in trade. Like not often do these mega stars, you know, get moved so casually as they are being moved from the Brooklyn Nets. Um, so I said, no, that being said, I, it, I think it was a good trade all around. Obviously it's a good trade for the Phoenix suns. Like, you know, there might be a time one day where they look back and be like, wow, we gave up so much, but they were in the finals two years ago and you clearly know that you're going to have to make a decision uh, like Chris Paul's running at a time. You have, you have a lot of decisions in who's who stays and who goes moving forward. And so you do have this window right now where you add a Kevin Durant um, and you, your starting lineup, you have 
a Hall of Fame point guard. You have an all-star shooting guard. You have Kevin Durant now, you know, at one of the forward spots. You have Aiton at the center. Like four of your five starting pieces are legit, you know, top. Maybe, you know, Chris Paul is probably not top five at his position anymore, but he's also a vet and you don't need him to be. But you've got you've got three guys who are top five at their position uh, starting in your starting lineup. Uh, they jumped from 18 to one to like, I don't know what their uh, odds are now, but they're they're the second favorite to win it all now. So fantastic move from the Suns. Brooklyn gets back bridges. Brooklyn gets back Crowder that they've already moved for five things there. They can certainly build a young team. The problem I think with Brooklyn is how do you now lure players there for the future when you brought in three NBA stars simultaneously and it was an absolute plane crash like it was it was if 9-11 had three planes like <laughs> Kyrie Harden oh, we just got canceled the 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 YouTube has disabled this episode uh Harden <laughs> Kyrie and Kevin Durant come to New York and it's a debacle so it's hard to then imagine a lot of people like NBA players, guys in college right now, young NBA players, even like vets, like you're going to look, this is going to be what people think about for Brooklyn for a long time. So how do you add, you might have a nice little young core that you can build over the next couple of drafts, but then what? Well, I mean, it's not like Brooklyn. Brooklyn's always been second fiddle regardless, right? Like nothing's really formulated ever on the court since they've become the Brooklyn Nets. That's just the facts. Now, conversely, the Suns have a new owner. He officially becomes the owner yesterday, I believe at 11 a.m., and instantly makes this move. The question always is, will they be able to gel? It's February 9th today. It is a shorter window to gel about half a season, but they're a playoff team. Sure. Right now. You know what I mean? The, the difference and, and not that the Lakers all have got a caliber of player anywhere near um, Kevin Durant. And also I think when, uh, you know, somebody joins the LeBron team, you know, it's, it's actually a lot easier to gel because this guy is a basketball savant and it's going to, teach you to play the, like he'll coach you far more than a coach will. But for a team like the Suns, um, you're already in the playoffs. Like who cares if you fall to six, who cares if you fall to seven, who cares if you move up to three, it really doesn't matter. You're going to have to beat everybody. You know, you'd like an easier path, Yeah, but taking the time to gel and figure it out, and figure out what works and what doesn't, even at the cost of a couple wins here and there, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we've seen it before with a lot of teams, but you get into the playoffs, you have stars, you go like the, the, the thing that I always do, especially with the NBA playoffs is who's got the best player on the floor. Who's got the second best player on the floor. 
and so on and so forth. You're not getting, there's not going to be any teams that match up with the Suns where they don't have two of the top three. Yeah. You could say, oh, we get a Jokic or whatever. And it's like, let's say he's one, which then you go Durant and Booker. Is there any truth that KD wanted to go to the Suns because of the infamous Suns girl? The girl who was gangbanged by Suns players? Probably not. I think that there's a better chance. So we- Kevin Durant, when you really dig deep, and we've got all the social media stuff. I don't know if you watched the Letterman interview ever. I watched some of it. He's a weird guy. Like, I think there's like a 9% chance that Kevin Durant's a virgin. I think he's incredibly insecure. But there's something like, there's something that like, I feel like 15 years from now, some stories are going to come out about Kevin Durant. You're going to be like, what? But like, yeah, he spent literally his whole day when he wasn't playing basketball building a gigantic Lego castle. Like he has the world's he has a sixty thousand square foot Lego castle in it. And you're like, what? Like like something is off with Kevin Durant. So sadly, no, I don't think the Suns Girl has it. I feel like Kevin Durant would be a better player if he was there to fuck Suns Girl. I just ask. Uh, there's been a few mentions in the YouTube comment section about yeah. the Suns girl. Who, who, by the way, I don't know where she's at. I just, I just pulled it up. I have the original video of that. I'm just wondering. Her Instagram is no longer there. Her Twitter is no longer there. The last we had heard, her family disowned her. Tough scene right there. Yeah. I don't know, but I was thinking when this trade happened, or when I read it this morning, as I was sitting on the toilet, you know, checking up on all the news. I just, you know, I think the modern NBA, I think this is where they, and and this is sports in general, but I would say more so the NBA. I think they lose it. I think they lose some people when all these stars, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong when they just change teams so frequently, you know, Kevin Durant, this is his fourth team now. Uh, Correct. Now he started, obviously had a long, run with the thunder but it's like i don't know like here we are again you know i feel like that's i feel like this the it's unfortunate because it's sort of like the the situation in baseball where you have these team in baseball it's financial in baseball you have the teams that don't want to spend the money to compete and they're just Laying around, collecting hot dog money, collecting their regional sports network money, making money, you know, essentially owning, uh, essentially being real estate guys where they're like, I'm just going to sit on this piece of property and in 10 years it'll quadruple. And if I want to sell it, I can. And if I don't, like there are baseball owners that flip that flip their baseball team over the course of a decade, like somebody flips a house that they you know, redesigned, but they don't even have to redesign it. They just sit and wait and let, you know, sports 
values go up tenfold. In basketball, I think it's more stupidity. And and owners and GMs that don't have the ability to say, we have a piece. How do we make it work? And so they try these like little things. Oh, we'll get him this. We'll get him that. And then it doesn't go. And they just go, well, you know, we got Kevin Durant. We can't win. So like, I guess we got to start over. And it's and and that's why I said to start this conversation, the question of do you trade Kevin Durant if you're Brooklyn now? And and I'll I'll add again, obviously there's a relationship issue, obviously there's Kyrie drama, obviously there's whatever. But what's insane is you have one of the you have a top five scorer of all time. You have probably the most elite pure scorer in the NBA today. At least going, you know, at least with consistency over the last decade. And you're trying to figure out how to like salvage this down the road. It's like, you've got like, you don't trade that guy. Kyrie for all his talent has never been the consistent player that a guy like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, James Harden, all these guys who are stars, like moving Kyrie, isn't that crazy moving Kevin Durant, even if it, even it being like a legitimate return is insane. Cause you have one of those guys. Yeah. You need one of those guys. Now we're at the point in the NBA where you have one of those guys and your move is once you have one of those guys finding a way to steal from a team that's being stupid, a second one of those guys. Now, obviously, Brooklyn did that and had three of those guys, really two, though, um, and couldn't get it done. But that doesn't mean your plan was wrong. It just well, means you picked the wrong guys. Yeah, well, I think that's the problem is they just assume – and I'm talking about the league in general, that these guys can play together. And most of them can. It really, like, honestly, I know we talked about it. We talked about it for 40 minutes on Monday. But the only part of the plan that Brooklyn fucked up is one of the guys they got was Kyrie Irving, who's a fucking lunatic team killer. Who, if you go back historically in my tweets and also just common sense is ne- has never ever ever been a guy you want the second and and we listed all the things but the second he left lebron james you go he's selfish the end most obvious selfish move ever but i think you also need someone to handle that right there are there that is a unique trait as a coach i'll tell you like who can handle the personalities if harden left if if they had moved Kyrie instead of harden if harden said i want out of this debacle and they said no fucking way why would we give you up well if you want out of this debacle then we'll get this debacle out of here we're gonna move Kyrie. the nets are that 
If Kyrie had moved when Harden did, then Nets still have Harden, and then Nets still have Kevin Durant today. It was Kyrie. And it's insane that this is where the NBA is, NBA is at today. I mean, look at what we're talking about here. One of the great players of our generation was just traded at the deadline because his super team fell apart when they brought when they paired him with an anti-vax anti-semite flat earther that's in, that's an insane story can you imagine telling yourself that 15 years ago that this is what was going to happen a top 2 generational player gets traded But again, I think having a coach who can make it work. But we're pa- we're sort of past the point where no, no, but uh, yeah, all I'm saying is like that's tough to find. Like, like the because there's like three guys of on Earth. That's what I'm who, saying. Whose personalities are bigger than a modern day NBA star can can make that work. Like, you know, it it, it it's just. My point is, I, I don't think it bodes well. I, I, I firmly believe that. Like, it doesn't bode well that Kevin Durant just keep getting shipped around. Now, it'll be good for the playoffs. It'll be good for the Suns. It'll be good to watch. So maybe I'm, but contradic- again, Kevin Durant, maybe I'm contradicting himself. Myself. Kevin Durant not, wasn't shipped around, though, right? Kevin Durant left two, three teams. Two teams he left on his own. And he, he's been traded one time. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little LeBron. History happened two nights ago. Did you watch it? I did. I was in bed. And the truth is, I, for, I, I obviously knew about it. I'm aware of the game. Remembered right as I got in bed. Put it on in the third quarter when he had 30. And he, and he breaks the record. It's pretty crazy, man. Like, that is a record, and I know they said that on the broadcast. I did not foresee being broken in my lifetime. Yeah. As a kid, I always had hopes that Michael Jordan would break it. Obviously, that didn't happen. No. Physically and mentally exhausted after three NBA Finals appearances. Shots fired. No, not shots fired. Those are his words. Not dad died. Watch the last dance. He said it. Talk to his dad. Physically and mentally exhausted. Impossible to continue after three NBA Finals appearances, three consecutive NBA Finals appearances. Just didn't have the drive. Didn't have the killer instinct to keep going. Or maybe he would have gotten there. And then, of course, another three. What, there's so much to talk about. Anyway, th- I've, I've seen a lot of tweets about the, about the Michael Jordan could have, would have, should have done it. Or I whatever. hate that for the record. Yeah. I Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan quit because he was tired. And then the truth is, the, guy, the the most fearless athlete of all time was afraid, straight up afraid of playing without Phil Jackson and Scottie Pippen. No one, I'll put it this way, no one more afraid of losing than Michael Jordan. The thought of possibly losing caused him to retire. Why would I? Why would I lose when I can just quit? Anyway, I was. I knew it was going to be Tuesday. I knew in my heart it was going to be Tuesday. 
the the ticket prices for Thursday for today's game bananas. Ticket prices for Tuesday reasonable. He comes in needing thirty six, and I was like, it's gonna be Tuesday. Why would he? Why would this? I mean, LeBron James, if he wanted, and and we can get into this later on as well, can score forty every given night. Every given night, the whole the whole. Michael Jordan would average 40 in today's game, probably because he would fucking force himself to do it. LeBron James also could average 40 every night. He could average 40 every night because he's he's he averages 30 and he's not even a fucking score first guy. So I knew it was going to be Tuesday. I'm monitoring tickets. I'm monitoring tickets. I'm monitoring tickets. An hour before game time. Lower bowl for under 300. I hadn't showered. I'm sitting there, you know, looking forward to the game. And I was like, I looked at my girlfriend and I was like, do I get in the car right this time? Do I just call an Uber right now and have them drop me off outside of Staples? One ticket, $300, lower bowl, watch history. And I said, what if he doesn't do it tonight? What if I spend $300 and he just does what? LeBron has always done is put his team first, score 29, 10, and 12. And I spent 300 bucks to watch him not break it. And I hesitated. And when I hesitated, I was like, I don't want to miss tip off. I just didn't go the whole game. I'm just sitting there. I can't believe I didn't just go. Can't believe I didn't just go. Can't believe I didn't just go. Knew in my heart it was going to happen the whole time. Obvious from tip off. He wants the ball. Obvious from him walking into the stadium in the all black outfit. Obvious with the head, the headphones with the with the scoring number on it. It was obvious. And had I known any of that stuff, never would have hesitated. One of life's great regrets, Andy. Living eight miles from Staples Center, not being in the building for under three hundred bucks. Ugh, killer to see the goat break the all time scoring record. If you're there, are you filming it or are you just in the moment watching it? I'm probably in the moment watching it. I've seen a lot of these tweets, the picture, and I don't care. Like the bottom line is um, everything now is essentially experienced that way. The idea, the idea that people didn't watch it, like there's this, there's this boomer take that if you're pointing your phone at something that you're not watching it with your eyes, you oh, you're watching it through your little screen. It's like, dude, I can fucking video something and watch it with my eyes. I'm not, I, I, like, I'm not a fucking dad at a birthday party who's like, okay, everybody got the picture. Like, I can hold my phone and fucking watch something. So this idea, like, I've I've seen all these boomer tweets. Look at his son. His son's there in the front row with a chance to watch dad break it. He's watching it through his little screen so he can put it on his TikTok. It's like, motherfucker, if you watch any Super Bowl in history prior to the invention of the cell phone, kick off a million fucking camera flashes. If you watch Mark McGuire break the home run record or Barry Bonds break the home record, a million camera flashes. The idea that this is the only difference between then and now is now everybody brings a phone. They all have a phone. Then not everybody brought a camera. You know, people just didn't go, I'm going to bring a camera. Like now the camera's built in. 
If if I, I can guarantee you one thing, the Mark McGuire breaks the home run record. If they handed out disposable cameras on your way into the fucking stadium, everyone would be taking a picture of every pitch of his at bat. It's such a boomer take. Now, that being said, I think a lot of it is so that you can post it on your story so that you can say that you were there. This is my picture of it. And that's not really like a Joe Prano type of move, especially from if I was, you know, 30 rows up or something like that. I probably would. I probably would have taken a lot of pictures and I probably would have posted a lot of stories to my Instagram showing that I was there or whatever but it probably not at that moment because I'm like, Oh, I'm too far. Like I'm really too far away to get some like great thing. Um, if I go to a concert, you know, we, we've all seen it now. People go to concerts and they just like live with their phone out. And like, I post a clip when I go to the concert, but it's usually, like, if I'm far away, usually don't get like a grainy video, but if I'm close, you'll get one or two. But the seats I was looking at, if I was there, my phone's probably not out for the shot, but it's probably out a lot during the night. And I just think like, it, it's so funny because the entire Michael Jordan, LeBron James pictures, not picture, all this stuff. There really is just like a, a boomer regular person divide. And the bottom line is boomer now just like encompasses if you were born in the fucking late seventies, early to late eighties, you're just this like boomer who well will never get over Michael Jordan. I, I had an interesting discussion yesterday about it with Tug Coker, actually. Who's who will never not be a Jordan guy. So here's the thing. And I don't want to like, I yes. love Tug. I love Tug. And me too. Shout out to Tug, by the way. I went to Esther's Wine Bar last week. He told me he he threw us a he threw us a fucking meat and cheese plate. Walked over with his you know cardigan on, real fucking real dapper dad situation. Loved. I mean, I love Tug Coker. Like I've never I I have no bad things to say about Tug Coker ever. Boomer. Like the, the LeBron James could put, play in the first basketball game on the moon. He's gonna. He's just a Michael Jordan forever guy. It, well, well, well here's that, that's part of the thing. I'll just say what he said, and obviously, I'm not here to throw tug. I just he's a prime example of a mutual friend of ours, somebody who's been on the show, God knows how many times. And and I thought it was a, a good discussion. You know, we we're talking on the phone for a while, and I asked him about that. He actually called me about a, a podcast question about equipment advice, and you know, of course, it veered into, "Hey, man, what do you think of LeBron breaking this record?" And he understands where you and I stand. We think LeBron James is the greatest of all time. But he said something which I'm not going to argue with because this is an opinion. And also, I think that's how a lot of people view it. What he said, and I might even agree with him. Basically, when you compare the two players, he said from his vantage point, Jordan played a more beautiful game, like aesthetically. As far as as a score, as a score, that's you're not going to disagree. That's that I was not. That was not what I was expecting to have. That's uh, that's a shocking statement. Let me just kind of finish. Let me kind of summarize. And I hope I'm not misquoting Tug here. 
I need to meet. I need to sit down with Tug. He was just saying, like, when you watch their scoring, as far as LeBron's got that just amazing physique, right? The quickness, the all the things LeBron has, where they they just they look different. We agree there, right? Jordan's got the more slender, just different type of physique. He thinks Jordan's game was more beautiful. He kept using the word beautiful to watch versus LeBron's game. And I think that plays into it with a lot of people that LeBron is the quote unquote bigger, stronger, for a lack of a better term, bully. He can bully his way into scoring. Even though statistically speaking, LeBron shot better from two point field goals three-point field goals, and so on. Like, you can counter that with actual the, facts. There's also, you know, so, th- and this is this is honestly wh- why that, why I'm, I'm triggered. I'm triggered right now. And, and I'll tell you why. Because LeBron James, like Michael Jordan, like most athletes who come into the NBA at a very young age, like, they their bodies developed and their games developed. And LeBron James came into the league and wasn't an incredible shooter, but he, and he wasn't bully balling balling when he was, you know, 18 or 19 or 20. And also, and and this is a sidebar. Uh, I think Bill Simmons did a great um, podcast. I just listened to it last night. He did a great podcast about being at the game and about LeBron's career and went through a whole bunch of stuff and went through the different versions of LeBron over the years. And if you're, I don't know if you're a Bill Simmons fan or people out there are Bill Simmons fans or not, but it was a great podcast and I highly recommend everybody listening to it. And also it's a great, um, it's a great example of, uh, the boomer blockage. He, he does a 40 minute, LeBron slurp where he's you're like there's never been a better one man monologue description of why LeBron is the goat and he's like and in the end you know I'm still a Jordan guy and you're just like boomer (laughs) like but so here's the thing here's my why why Tug's thing triggers me is Jordan came into the league and like LeBron young crazy athletic Guys dunking on everybody, ability and transition, all that stuff. Similar type of games. Uh, Obviously, LeBron always a better passer. LeBron then develops the jump shot, you know, and that is a a huge turning point in his career where you can no longer give LeBron the the jump shot you can no longer give LeBron the three you can no longer give LeBron the mid-range game it's really where his game went to the next level but LeBron developing a different game and eventually going into like LeBron and Michael's games similar and then LeBron goes into the point where he says the modern NBA it's so obvious why would I ever take a mid-range jumper when I can either shoot a three or go to the basket? A two-point shot outside of the paint for a guy like me who can get to the paint is kind of stupid. And if I'm going to take it, I'm going to take it from three where it's worth more. Now, late in his career, certainly 
He's gotten into real bully ball mode. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He's gotten to the point where now he's lost a little bit of the athleticism, but he's added to this post game. He's added his different ways that he gets to the basket. And yeah, there is a bully ball thing. But that is taking late career LeBron James and saying, I like Jordan's style of play better than I like the bully ball thing. Well, what about late career Michael Jordan? Why are If we're going to compare them, let's compare their whole careers and how they developed. Or you can say, I like late career Jordan more than I like late career. But to me, and this is why I, fu- I made fucking bug out eyes when you said it is late career Michael Jordan is the most boring, selfish, gross, like, like now, now that can I ask you statistically, statistically inept? Are you talking wizards or are you talking? I'm talking wizards. I'm bulls. also talking and like get the ball on the elbow, lean guys back, turn around, fade away, jump shot. This is the beauty thing that we do. This is this is Michael Jordan, late career Michael Jordan is dad at the YMCA who just happens to be 6'6 and can elevate away from you. Is is it more is a mid-range bad percentage jump shot more beautiful than at 38 still being able to get to the rack when you want to, still being able to shoot threes and let's take we'll take the passing beauty out of the LeBron game. We'll take everything else he does on the floor. But LeBron is still dunking on people right now. Michael Jordan 38 is a pivot foot and a fall away. And it's like, the to me, I actually believe Michael Jordan, you know, people talk about it all the time. Steph Curry's going to ruin kids. He's, you know, every five-year-old's going to be shooting three-pointers. They're going to ruin their jump shot and the blah, 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 blah. It's like, to me, nothing ruined basketball and the development of basketball more than Michael Jordan and then Kobe Bryant doing a Michael Jordan impersonation, shooting 15-foot elbow fallaways. Put, give me the ball. I'll put my back to the basket. Everybody else clear out. Stand around. Watch me. How many times have you done this just playing pickup ball? Where you, the guy who thinks he's Michael Jordan gets the ball back and forth, back and forth. Does, hasn't gone anywhere yet. Just, just leaning you back, leaning you back. Then fall away jumper that doesn't go in. Now, Michael, great at making those, the greatest ever at making those, but it's not fucking beautiful. I mean, that's, I'm, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, I need to do a mafia style sit down with Tug, where like we just have like I need to. A 38 year old still able to get to the rack, still pulling up threes in transit. Like this is more beautiful than a guy just. Ball, here we go. Ball stop. Just sit down. The rest of you guys can lay down on the court. Michael's gonna knock your hand away with his as he stands at the elbow. Eight seconds. Clear it out. Clear it out. Up. Oh. Somebody's going to cut the lane. Am I going to pass it? No, I'm not. 
and, and by the way, we can talk about the beauty of their games through again throughout their career as a whole. You can tell me you liked Michael's hang time and you liked his footwork and you liked his ability to finish or the basket with dunks and with the the body control layups and whatever. But that's young Jordan. And and to say to to say you don't like LeBron bully ball and you like all this beautiful stuff that that Michael Jordan did, what you're doing is you're taking a very small part of LeBron James's career and comparing it out to Michael Jordan's whole career. And I understand that that's where people are living in now is right now, every single day we get to watch LeBron bully ball. So it feels like that's his game. And then in our minds, we go back and, oh, Jordan went up and he switched hands, even though no one was there. Or Jordan went up and it was like he was hanging. Oh, the Jordan hanging jump shot against the Cavs. These are all things that happened before Michael Jordan won a fucking championship ever championship veteran Michael Jordan is the most boring scorer I've ever fucking seen. Elbow fucking followaways. So let's not, let's not pretend LeBron's been playing bully ball his whole career. And Michael Jordan was some, you know, magician, some figure skater on a basketball court. Well, either, either let's compare them throughout their whole careers or or say, I don't like LeBron bully ball, but I also didn't like Michael Jordan holding the ball for eight seconds on the block while cutters went through the lane. And then finally he hit a turnaround jump shot in the face of random nobody shooting guard Ugh. turnaround jump shot in your face. Horn a sec. I think at this point. And I always say there's always a huge crossover with sports and politics. And to me, this is a prime example. You've picked your time. You've picked your team, right? Most people aren't going to change whether they're team LeBron, team Jordan, team Kobe. It's like, you've picked your political side. You're not going to budge. But I, I, which is sad. Like I'd argue I'm one of the rare people who's like, yo, I was always team Jordan. Then probably around 2015, 2016, I was like, okay, (laughs) at this point, I think LeBron is you the, know, the, the best all-around player. Here's, here's the thing about LeBron, and we'll go back to what's really important here. LeBron broke the all-time scoring record. Exactly. LeBron is going to be the first player ever with 40,000 points. LeBron is going to be the first player ever, maybe the only player ever, to have 40,000, 10,000, and 10,000. Correct. LeBron James is going to be the first player ever to 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 reach a potential 50,000 combined playoff points and points. LeBron James has the most points ever. LeBron James has the most playoff points ever. LeBron James has fourth and assists. LeBron, like the, the accolades, when you talk about the resume, when you talk about the resume, no one touches LeBron. Kareem was there. Kareem had a simple, a big part. If you're if you're out there, and you're you've been a Kareem is the goat guy, and I know that's few and far between these days, because it because it, it seems like everybody's Team Jordan or Team LeBron. But there are there are Kareem guys out there. This is a big part of it. A big part of it. He's the all time leading scorer. Yeah, and the bottom line is. 
everybody talking about, oh, but he'll never be the scorer Jordan was, whatever. It's like, dude, the ship has sailed. Well, why don't I play the clip that we've discussed? Sure. That breaks that down. Because I don't this think... Is, this, is this the J.J. Reddick clip I sent you? Correct. Let me just to- say something right now before you even play this clip. And 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 I hope somebody clip this and and tag a minute. JJ Redick has is I mean JJ Redick has never been more on fire in his life. And this is a guy who caught fire a lot from Duke to the NBA. No one is more on fire than JJ Redick is on fire in the last week, two weeks. JJ Redick for a guy who played 15 years in the NBA is going around torching old heads. Torching talking head blowhards. A guy who is a had a great NBA career and a amazing college career, who's a smart guy and a smart basketball player, is torching boomer talking heads, and I'm fucking here for it. I am a JJ Reddick stand now. So you sent this to me the other day, and I don't think either of us could sum it up as well as he did. That's why I want to play it. I just think how he went through and broke it down, it was very well said. It was very well articulated, and I'm just going to play the clip, and we can stop it at certain moments. But the main overall theme of this clip is he's debunking every ridiculous 100% False narrative that Jordan's not a scorer. I'm sorry, that LeBron's LeBron. not a scorer. And and what's you know what the the great part about it is before you play it is um the best the best thing and truly in my opinion one of the top five reasons and I have a hundred of them but one of the top five reasons that LeBron is the goat is because this whole clip is going to tell you why he is one of the elite scorers of all time. But I'll tell you another thing. He is on a list of elite scorers of all time, and he's the only one who's not a score first guy. The same way as he's a he's fourth in assists all time, he's the only one in the top 15 who's not a point guard. The dude is doing things out of the realm of of past basketball. How are you the all-time leading scorer if you're not a scorer first guy? How are you even on the list of great passing men if you're not a point guard? He's doing things that like don't even make sense. Yeah. Well, let me play the clip. You got to go you got to go back to the beginning cuz he, he like my favorite part of the whole thing is his laugh. First take last week had a segment the question was is <laughs> is is LeBron James an all-time scorer? Dog 89 away. Yeah. You view LeBron as an all-time great scorer. You know it's weird. I kind of don't it's really interesting. <laughs> I so just I just want to point a couple things out. So LeBron James, we can talk about his longevity, and that's part of the reason he's breaking this record. He's got the fifth highest career scoring average all time in the NBA. Jordan is first, 30.1. 
Wilt just behind him, 30.07. The next three, Elgin Baylor, Kevin Durant, LeBron James. LeBron is 0 0.06 points per, behind Kevin Durant and 0.14 points behind Elgin Baylor. So he's essentially one of the three greatest all-time scorers by scoring average. By scoring average. Yep. It's not a, just a longevity thing. Better career shooting percentage from two than Kevin Durant. Better than Jordan. Ninth all-time in threes. On top of that, he's fourth all-time in assists. Yeah. I, I just... The constant narrative about nitpicking things with LeBron, most of them are just not factual. LeBron James is not clutch, right? That's another thing that people bring up all the time. He Remember just, early in his career, he, he would just, just make the right play and kick to his teammates when he was double teams? These, he just keeps breaking these narratives one by one. Play-by-play -play tracking era started in 1996-1997 season. LeBron James has the most clutch time points ever got over 2600 the only other player with over 2000 clutch time points is kobe lebron james second most game tying or game winning shots inside the final minute of fourth the fourth quarter overtime kobe is number one they're the only two guys that have more than 80 kobe has 88 lebron has 81 lebron james has five game winning buzzer beaters in the playoffs the most ever in nba history I don't know where people are coming up with these. LeBron James, is he an all-time great scorer? No, he is the all-time greatest scorer. Yeah, I don't know. Is LeBron James know. clutch? Well, he, you can make the argument he's the most clutch player ever. <laughs> I, first of all, again, I am a J.J. Redick stan now because he's just, talking common sense and he is offended at the audacity of the question and what i also love about it and i tweeted this yesterday is i love that these shows like first take let the fucking guys who have never smelled a locker room do their thing and then he comes on like leonardo dicaprio at the end of once upon a time in Hollywood with a blowtorch and lights them on fire. Hey dog. Uh, do you think, you know, I really don't, I really don't like it. I never been a basketball court in my life, but I gotta say, you know, just for me, a guy who, uh, mostly watches San Francisco Giants baseball and watched the maybe 12, 12, 15 NBA games my whole life. I gotta say, not for me, not for me. J.J. Reddick's like, hi, I uh, played 15 years in the NBA. Um, you're a fucking idiot. Uh, good day, sir. I don't know, J.J. I don't know. Me and you, we get out of court together. Let's see what happens. I don't know who really knows more basketball here. Stephen A., you telling me. You telling me. He's in the and, – and here's the – let me – I have so much to say on this, Andy, and I know we have so much Super Bowl stuff, so I'm going to try to keep it as tight as possible. This the, – the score – here's the thing about the scorer thing. The scorer thing is, like, separate from the player. The, the best passer in, NBA, in NFL history is different than the best quarterback. When we do these conversations, the greatest hitter of all time is different than the greatest baseball player. And what I've come to learn is um, people do this as a way to like start combo and like talk people up. 
And what it really means is they were they're a limited player. They're a limited player. When if you if you walked up to a hundred fans at the Super Bowl this week, real football fans, and you say, not the greatest quarterback of all time, not the best player of all time. Who is the best passer of all time? What what kind of answer do you think you'd get, Andy? Tom Brady. You think people would say Tom Brady, best passer of all time? I think you'd get a lot of Dan Marinos. Okay. I think you'd get a lot of Dan Marinos. If you ask people the best hitter of all time, I think you'd get a lot of Ted Williamses. And you'd get a lot of Tony Gwynns. And when you talk scores, Kevin Durant, one of the greatest scorers ever. Jordan, greatest scorer ever. Iverson, great scorer. And what you're saying is Iverson didn't defend anybody. Iverson didn't pass. Iverson didn't whatever. What you're saying is Kevin Durant, not a not a all-time defender, not a great assist man, not a great rebounder. Kobe, so tight, such a skilled player. What you're saying is cool footwork, great scorer, not an all-around complete player. The same way as if you say best quarterback of all time, people are going to go Brady, Elway, Montana, Manning, best passer ever. I don't know, maybe Marino. Oh, so a one-dimensional guy. But then this is the great thing about LeBron James. Like J.J. Redick said, he's not considered that way, even though he is the greatest scorer of all time because he's so much more than that. And to me, that's what makes him the GOAT. So this is what it boils down to, I think. And again, this is why opinions just won't change. And we're almost a dog chasing our own tail every time we do this because I don't think opinions are going to change. I think a lot of it is just personality in the person. People can't separate whatever this person is on and off the court versus what they do. And, and 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 again, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but that was discussed yesterday with Tug of like Tug's, you know, straight up, you know, like I just think he's fake, which I've complained about too. All you know? the more reason, again, all the more, it to me, it's again, it's an offensive thing because it's like we talk, you get these conversations, the killer instinct the drive to win, the fake, the flopper, the whatever. Michael Jordan quit the first time because he was tired. LeBron James is, I mean, he's hes hes sitting out games for load management. Michael Jordan quit because he was tired. LeBron James, he just doesn't care about winning. Michael Jordan quit the second time because the idea of attempting to win without Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson was out of the realm of possibilities, Frank. I just don't like LeBron's personality. Michael Jordan, punching teammates. Punching teammates. Okay? Uh, LeBron, the decision. Every single player in NBA history who has chosen a different team in free agency just tweeted it or let their agent put out something. 
LeBron James bought airtime on ESPN, produced his own show, sold the commercials to that show, took the money from those commercials, and gave it to the Boys and Girls Club. I didn't like the decision. You didn't like the mega charity donation? <laughs> Every the, the, the problem is, and this is what it comes down to, Andy, it's not about personality. It's not about what people like. What it comes down to is old heads that were straight up brainwashed will take positives and twist them into negatives because they can't fathom that their guy ain't the best anymore. It's like growing up with an abusive father, but he's your dad. So you're like, you know, my dad used to hit me and I turned out okay. Dude, what are you talking about? Your dad shouldn't have hit you. There's better ways to do it. No, but it like Michael Jordan is 80s and 90s kids sports dad. He's their fucking hero. And you're not pulling that fucking dog toy out of their teeth. And I want to do one more thing on the goat thing. And we do a lot of cross-sport thing because I think taking things out of – people just cannot. People just cannot, dude, when it comes to basketball. Boomer Jordan heads, they, it's just, they just won't. They can't let go of their dog toy. So I like to talk cross-sport stuff because I like to put stuff in a perspective that you guys can manage it. Joe Montana has four – Super Bowls, and he played in four Super Bowls, and he played perfectly in those four Super Bowls, and that is why you'll hear a lot of people say, "Super best Super Bowl quarterback ever, Joe Montana. A lot of people think Joe Montana is the GOAT still. A lot of people think Joe Montana is a whatever quarterback of all time, despite obviously not having the statistics that match up with a modern quarterback. The other shitty thing people use about LeBron James is Michael Jordan, 6-0 in finals. LeBron James, he doesn't even have a winning record. If you take Joe Montana's entire career right now, as is, we all think, I mean, you have him up, you have him as a top five quarterback of all time? Yeah, probably. We think, we both agree he's had, he had an amazing career, right? Sure. If you take Joe Montana's career all time and change nothing except in addition to the four Super Bowls he won, he made six more and lost them. No fucking human being on earth with Kim with a straight face tell me that makes his career worse. Nobody. You cannot be out there and tell me if Joe Montana's career was exactly the same, but with more playoff wins, more playoff yards, a better playoff winning percentage, and six Super Bowl losses that his career is worse. But they will lie to your fucking face 
and tell you that's why LeBron James' career isn't Michael Jordan's. If Patrick Mahomes loses on Sunday, he is one and two in Super Bowls. Nobody, nobody with a straight face can tell me that through five years, Patrick Mahomes' career is better if he loses four AFC championship games and just makes the one Super Bowl that he beat the Niners in. It's funny you say that. Nobody. I saw an article yesterday, and I don't even know what publication it was. I just saw it. It popped up as an ad when I was, whatever. I forget where I was at, just on Google, on social media. Anyway, it popped up, and that was the premise. And I thought it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever read. It was an editorial, and it was basically saying, it was about Patrick Mahomes, what you're saying. And I think it was titled the LeBron problem or the Mahomes LeBron problem. And that's what it was saying. It was saying if Patrick Mahomes loses this week, if his team loses, I should say, then he's one and two and it's a trajectory like LeBron James. And then it was basically saying, oh, you know, Tom Brady and Michael Jordan putting those two kind of together. And I'm thinking, wait, so he's penalized for losing his top wide receiver, still leading the league in passing yards, playing in a divisional round on one foot, playing the next game on half of half a foot. He's going to be penalized if he loses in the Super Bowl? That makes no sense at all. It doesn't make sense. And guess what? Those people don't even believe it. They don't even believe it. Tom Brady's career is not better if he doesn't lose to Eli Manning twice and Nick Foles once. It's worse. His career is worse. Not making it is not better than making it and losing. It's so fucking stupid that it's... And and guess what? Here's what we never do. Here's what we never do. We never talk about what's actually way, way, way more important than getting to the finals or the Super Bowl and losing. Peyton Manning was on two franchises. He won a Super Bowl with both. Tom Brady was on two franchises. He won a Super Bowl with both. LeBron James has been on three franchises. He won titles with all three. Kevin Durant is being traded now to his fourth team. He has one ring with one franchise. Michael Jordan played for, yeah, well, he has two rings with one franchise. Michael Jordan, two teams. One of them won a championship. We talk all this time about if you made it to the finals or if you made it to the Super Bowl, but you lost. How about the guys who, where they go, championships, appearances, even follow. Michael Jordan didn't take the Wizards fucking anywhere. Michael Jordan didn't take the Wizards to a single fucking playoff victory. Uh, series victory. We can talk all we want about it. Steve Young is in maybe my top five of all time. He was great when he got to the Niners. He wasn't great when he was on the Bucks. Joe Montana... In his waning years off of back, he took the fucking Chiefs to the AFC Championship game, which is the last AFC Championship game they fucking won before 
Patrick Mahomes came around. Played in, yeah. Yeah, played in. Now, he didn't win it, but like people love to pick and choose what is you really let you got to the finals, but you lost. Michael would never. No, he'd lose before he got there. No one. Are you telling me Patrick Mahomes' career is worse if in the last, in the five seasons he's been in the NFL, he made all the Super Bowls, but still only had one? His career is worse. Joe Burrow's career is worse right now than if he hadn't made a Super Bowl and lost. We're saying that? No one's saying that. No one is saying that. Except for Jordan Heads. They're saying that. That's it. You guys are embarrassing yourselves at this point. And you know what? This is the thing. LeBron's got all the longevity stats. Dominating the game at the highest level the game's ever played. Against the best competition there's ever been. He's the greatest of all time. And guess what? Just like I said the other day, everyone knows it. I love Tug Coker. Tug knows it. Tug knows LeBron James is the GOAT. And it makes me sad to see guys like Tug or Bill Simmons or guys whose opinions I really appreciate. They just can't let go of Like, all this talk that everybody does now about getting your own information and thinking outside the box and doing whatever. It's sad to me to watch how many people have had their opinion formed for them by some capitalist structure. Coke is the best beverage. If I am going to work out, I need a Gatorade. If I am going to play basketball, I must wear Nike. No waistband holds on to my waist like Hanes or Fruit of the Loop. No, Michael Jordan is the greatest basketball player of all time. You, if you want to talk to me about who had a greater effect on basketball, on the globalization of the NBA, on spokesmanship, on whatever, sure, Michael Jordan. The best basketball player conversation, it's over. It's over. All the stats. All the wins, all the championships on all the different teams, all the longevity, all the records against the best players ever in the peak of the NBA. Michael Jordan helped the league get here. Maybe more than anybody in the history of the league, Michael Jordan helped to get here. But he didn't play when it was here. It's over, dude. LeBron's the best ever. Y'all know it. And it's sad to me when you lie. Well, you know, speaking of endorsements, I think now would be a great time for you to have a ice cold Miller Light Joe Prano. Oh God, I need one. I need one to cool down. I also, honestly, I wish, I wish Michael Jordan had been a Miller Light spokesperson, because then everybody would rightfully stand. Miller Lite, the way it deserves to be stand, the way I stand it, then everybody would be on board. Then the whole world would say, there is no better beer than Miller Lite. You wouldn't have these guys out there, this beer, that beer. I like an IPA. I like a whatever. I am trying to be what Michael Jordan did for all those brands, for Miller Lite, 
I'm trying to convince people that it is the goat. Because it, it is. is. It's it's the original light beer and still the best one. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. Go to MillerLite.com forward slash dirty sports to find delivery options near you. Or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Hey, man, we got a lot of NBA talking. And maybe, maybe not enough still, but we do have a Super Bowl upon us. We got so much. This is going to be a long episode. Just buckle up, guys. Buckle up. It's going to be a long episode. Because we're going to get through not just Super Bowl, some fun NFL stuff. I'd like to get through all this. We can mow through some of the NFL news headlines. But, yeah, the Super Bowl is upon us just a few days away. I think we hop into some prop bets. Let's do some it. fun prop bets. Let's do non-football prop bets. We do this every year. We like to go over some fun prop bets. I found a great page of fun prop bets from Odd Shark. Do you want to start with the national anthem? We usually like to start there. Sure. Start with the national anthem. All right. Who is singing the national anthem? Good question, Joe Prano. I had to look this up myself. It is a country singer. Who was it? Super Bowl national anthem is, was it Chris Stapleton? Okay. Who is singing the national anthem? It is sorry for this. Yes, it is Chris Stapleton. Okay. I like Chris Stapleton. He will perform alongside actor Troy Kotzer. Hmm. That's interesting. <laughs> Maybe that's the American Sign Language guy. I think okay. it might be. So, so, so that makes sense. Very All nice. Right. So we have. The first prop bet on the Super Bowl. Will any word, not words, word be forgotten in the national anthem? No. And I don't even know what the what the bets are. The no is minus 900. Yeah. That's an obvious. This is a no touch for me. This is a plus 500 for the so odds get, to be forgotten. You're getting five to one. Remember, the plus number is... How much you would win if you bet $100. The minus number is how much you have to bet to win $100. So you're minus 900. You got to spend 900 to make 100 for no. The yes number, you win 500 if you bet 100. There's money line. That's the, the, the yearly money line explanation for all the dirt balls out there who, because I always get the fucking DM after this episode. That's the money line uh, lesson for you guys. So it's to me, it's an obvious no because, and I like Chris Stapleton, but because 
Contra star, these these colors don't run. You know, like <laughs> we're not we're not gonna get. This isn't Shakira, who's like, oh, see, can you see? And you're like, and also the this is also a stay away because this is this is like what Coldplay's first song is. Like this is the tons of ability for them to steal your money here. This is a stay away, but also I just think this man in America. And I'm right, not missing up my national anthem. Ford trucks and Blue Lives Matter, and I know every goddamn word to this song. Can you see this screen all right? Yeah. Okay, good. I have to put my glasses back on for it, which I took off out of absolute shock and awe that Tug finds some guy standing on the block for 14 minutes. Beautiful. See, now I'm going to get in trouble. I just know it. No, I want, you know, what's funny and just a quick side is I, I said, I would love to, there, there was a part of me that with this, with this record being broken, I was like, I would love to sit down with a reasonable guy who is a Jordan guy and have a conversation about if this changes anything. And I realized that to me, that guy is Tug Coker. And then I realized even after I thought about that, I was like, nah, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a once you stand Jordan, there's nothing there's nothing you can change. Three yeah. more three more championships for LeBron. He passes Michael Jordan. It still won't matter because then it'll be he lost one or whatever. It just doesn't matter. And I appreciate Tug, but it's you know, I, I, and I appreciate Tug sports opinions. But man, the brainwashing of, you know, corporate America, the brainwashing by corporate America in the 90s is tough, man. No, it's for tough. sure. Like I you said, don't, you, no one goes to no one goes to restaurants and goes, you guys got a Pepsi. You know, it's just the way it goes. Yeah, no, I agree. Like uh, I said, you, you're not you changing gotta, opinions. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, I'll take an RC Cola. And they're like, is Coca-Cola OK? You know, no one does that. So here's a good prop bet. I like this one. Super Bowl MVP. Who will a Super Bowl MVP mentioned first in his speech. And as a cheat, Patrick Mahomes mentioned God right away in the AFC championship. So keep that in mind. He mentioned God or Jesus. And see, this is another one. Is is Jesus count as God? Yeah. Okay. I assume. So no, G- G- Jesus's teammates. Okay. When you won that Super Bowl and there was only one <laughs> set of footprints, that's because I was carrying you, my teammate. So Teammates is the odds-on favorite here. Yeah. Whoever wins the MVP. That's at minus 145. God is second at plus 135. The city plus 1,000. Family or family members. I wonder if city – does city include fans? Good question. Because the the, the plus 135 – God is the obvious to me. That's even more obvious than teammates because us, let's put, let's think about it this way. Odds on favorites to win the MVP every year are going to be the quarterbacks. Correct. Yes. Patrick Holmes already did it in the AFC championship game. Jalen hurts is a no doubt about her. God guy. He's a no, like no doubt about it. That's the first thing. I mean, I think he puts the fucking crucifix fucking thing on his, I black like cross. He's a yeah. He's a god god guy. So plus one thirty five, obvious bet. But value bet, and this is again kind of why it's like hmm, city. If you go, I just want to thank Can- the Kansas City Chiefs fans, or I want to thank Philly fans. 
is that city because then the plus 1000 has you know 10 to 1 on that it's good value i'm not yeah. betting i'm not betting this if i'm betting teammates or god because there's no money in it for me but i might throw a little money on city if that includes fans yeah i don't know owner should be below fucking does not mention anything above none of these guys are thinking the owner first Patrick no. going out there. I just want to thank Lamar Hunt and the the Hunt family, whoever the fuck owns the team now. Yeah, no, I agree. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go near this one. I also am shocked that God is not number one. All right, let's let's do uh, let's do. I'm just scrolling through here. Sorry, I, I want to do some of the fun ones I saw. Um. Sorry, let me just go through here. There was, I wanted to, I could have sworn I saw the Drake curse. Ooh, TikTok. The TikTok one. Okay. This is a a fun one. How many TikToks will Jackson Mahomes post during Super Bowl? Under one and a half is your favorite. No. Uh, Yeah, under one and a half is your favorite, right? At minus 190. Over one and a half is plus one forty-five. I love I, that they give a description of who Jackson Mahomes is for the betters. Can you keep scrolling down? Do they give a description of what during the Super Bowl is? No, they don't. They do not. Is this from kickoff to final whistle? Because if if it's kickoff it's to question. final whistle, I think under one and a half is is easy money. Uh, he's right that hard. He's not doing two TikToks. But then again, it is Rihanna. Like, listen, I don't want to make any statements about Jackson Holmes that will get me canceled or that will get us banned from YouTube. I'm not making any. But, like, read between the guys, the lines here, guys. Jackson Mahomes loves him some Rihanna. And not because she's hot. He loves him (laughs) some Rihanna. This dude has sang Umbrella in his room with an umbrella. He loves him some Rihanna. I heard he also likes popsicles. Not to assume things. At, at, at Andy. Big fan of popsicles. This is not what we're doing here. Big fan of popsicles. Not what we're doing here. So, that does make... But you're just not getting enough value on over one and a half. Or... At plus one forty-five, yeah. I take the easy money. I go under one and a half. Well, here's another good one. I like this. Super Bowl fifty-seven, Kelsey brother bet. How many times will Kelsey brothers playing each other be mentioned? Good one here. If I was mattress Mac, I would put fifty million dollars on over one point five. So over one and a half is your favorite at minus 320. Under one and a half is plus 230. If I was Mattress Mac, I would put $32 million on over one and a half and and walk home with 10 more million dollars in mattresses. Over one, two times? Mentioning that brothers are playing? This, this over will be cashed by the end of the first quarter. There's Kavis Kelsey with his first catch of the game. And now we look at his brother on the sideline over there with his offense, doing his offense thing. 
So here's the thing, though. Here's what I find interesting. I, I, I would say that if it was Tony Romo and Jim Nance calling the game. I think it's a little different with Greg Olson and Kevin Burkhart. Greg Olson, to me, isn't the – he's not – Greg Olson is, I would call, your very traditional one at you, Joe, like your analyst. He's not trying to be funny. He's not trying to be cute, kind of like a Romo. He's just a very, let's talk about the game. That's how Greg Olson analyzes games. Is, is he doing it two times? Yeah. You think he is? But I, even if they both do it once. Okay. This next bet is for you. The Tom Cruise bet. Will t- <laughs> This is ridiculous. Will Tom Cruise parachute into stadium and hand deliver game ball to referees? Not sure where this bet came from. I just want to look something at like when when does the new When does the new Mission Impossible come out? I don't know. Mission Impossible 7. July 14th, 2023. I so, don't hate yes at 25, though. I mean, you're not going to bet. You're not going to bet minus 50, like minus 15,000. You have to bet $15,000 to win 100. I'm just thinking. The I, No, I know. I'm just, to me, it's more of the hilarity of the bet. You're telling me Tom Cruise is going to parachute before the Super Bowl? And hand the game ball. So that's a I wrestler mean, move. That's like what the rock did last year. Tom Cruise is not a wrestler. He's above that. But, but Tom Cruise is, I mean, he's doing, he's parachuting. He did a, he did a promo for the movie while parachuting he Did the whole thing. Like this is, this is one, this is like a true false question. You know, when it's like, everything's true except for one little thing that's false. And then that makes it false. I almost think, well, Tom Cruise parachuting the game. And hand deliver like the coin. And now I lose because it wasn't the game ball or something like that. But I might throw 50 bucks on it just because. Like, as this says, this is oddly specific sports books. What do you know that we don't? Yeah. What about the Drake curse? I can't believe that there's not. uh, I I, I would so love to bet. It says, which team apparel will Drake be wearing on Super Bowl Sunday? Chiefs minus 350. Eagles 245. I cannot believe there's not a both plus 2,500. I would hammer that. I would hammer him, corny ass motherfucker. Did you see his LeBron thing? I did. The corniest thing of all time. I'm, I'm decided to call. I'm, from now on, my uh, nickname for Drake is Field of Drake. A Field of Dreams reference because it's so motherfucking corny. The dude is the fucking corniest cornball of all time. The dude is like my shits after I eat my chili. Fucking corny. This dude is the corn. Like, I cannot believe the option to bet both isn't in there because this fucking cornball is definitely going to do it. Also, I want to shout. This is just like complete side note, but I replied to a, bu- a buddy of mine. Uh, Doug Ray, the famous Doug Ray, because he replied to a tweet. Billboard has ranked their top 10 rappers of all time. The list is a debacle, but Drake is a kill yourself billboard for your corny ass list. Why is neither not an option in this bet? 
Well, what will Drake be wearing? And how do we know? Is Drake for sure at the game? No, but for some, we'll fucking see him. He'll post it on Instagram. You think for sure he's wearing one of those teams? Yeah. I actually think he's going to be wearing both because he's a fucking corny dork. He's going to have a, a half Travis Kelsey, half Jason Kelsey jersey on. He's going to be wearing what Kelsey's mother will be wearing. What are some other ones? Oh, here's a good one. Super Bowl 57 halftime set length. Number of songs. So we have Rihanna, and obviously there's going to be surprise performances by who knows. Number of songs during halftime. Over nine and a half is minus 125. This is where it gets dicey. Under nine and a half, minus 105. Again, what constitutes a song? Right. Apparently not when you play that song, as I learned a couple of years ago during the Coldplay thing. Um, I'm going under nine and a half. And this is, listen, I am 43. I'm no longer hip, no longer cool, but I'm pretty hip for my age. Like, I feel like I know a lot more about movies and music and pop culture. I'm on TikTok. I'm a, I got a TikTok, you know what I mean? For a 43-year-old man, I'm fairly in touch. Uh, I cannot name six Rihanna songs. <laughs> Try. I can't. I can't. I can't name six Rihanna songs. I certainly can't name nine Rihanna songs, and I definitely can't name 10 Rihanna songs. So to me, if this is the Rolling Stones or this is Outkast or this is U2 or this is whoever, and off the top of my head, I can name 25 of each of those songs, then I maybe go over nine and a half. Even fucking Coldplay, when Coldplay did it a couple years ago, I name you 10 Coldplay songs. Can't name you six Rihanna songs. I'm going under nine and a half. And I think it's kind of easy money. Yeah. Do you want to get into any commercial props? Uh, well, this is it. I mean, th- what's crazy to me is go down. Go down one. F- commercial play first. Uh, up one, I think. It was the, the Doritos. Doritos the- versus Pringles. Commercial play first. Minus 425 for Doritos. Again, if I'm mattress, mattress Mac, I'm betting $42.5 million. <laughs> There's no way Pringles beats Doritos out of the gate. There's just no way. Yeah. That's a good one. Take Doritos over Pringles for sure. Ooh, what about Doritos versus M&M's? Ooh, M&M's plus 115. I don't know. Does M&M's come out strong with their... Uh... They they usually had some good Super Bowl commercials. I know. And do they come out strong and early with Tucker Carlson where like the green M&M is at a drag show going down on the brown M&M? And then the 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 Super Bowl audience what? is the Super Bowl audience is cut in half by halftime because so many fucking Republicans' heads explode. You know, you know about this, right? Like Tucker Carlson is super triggered by like the female Eminem being sexy or something like that. I, I didn't. I'm just laughing at this premise. Yeah, there's the, Republicans are extremely triggered by like a sexy Eminem. They're like, why am I getting a boner? They did My have candy's sexy. not supposed to give me boners. They did have sexy M&Ms for a while. Dude, look at this bet. These are Okay, who's doing these bets? These are wild bets right here in the stadium bets. Who is coming? How are they going to verify this? 
This is these are what I commonly refer to as Super Bowl sucker bets. Guess what, guys? You're losing this bet. Oh, you bet over and you lost and your buddy bet under and he lost. Yeah, yeah, you're losing this bet. So I don't know how they verify. These are two. They don't. Bets. They just take your money and they tell you you lost inside State Farm Stadium. How many beers will be sold? The over under is one hundred and twenty thousand or how many hot dogs will be sold? The over under is seventeen thousand. I don't know how they're verifying this. They're not. They're taking your money. They're never paying you. And when you try to call them and ask what the number was, you get a voicemail. You <laughs> you lose. Yeah. I don't know how that's working. I just told you how it's working. You're losing that bet. Okay. This is something I had never heard of. The octopus. Will a player record an octopus? It's yes and no. Now, an octopus just means the same player who scores a touchdown has a two-point conversion. Have you heard of this phrase before? Yes. See, I did not know about this. How do you feel about this one? Well, yes at plus 600 seems crazy low. But just like on three, Andy, let's say a name of the first player that comes to mind scores an octopus. One, two, three. Travis Kelsey. This is why this number is so low. Uh, I would still never bet it way too low. I'm also not betting minus 1200 against an octopus, but it's a fun one. If you wanted to bet on like Travis Kelsey could score an octopus. If you want to fuck around with a little six to one, but the thing with a lot of these prop bets is like, there's way easier ways to, you know, build yourself a six to one thing but it's fun to bet too again love the explanation no there will not be any sea creatures on the field in case you're wondering what an octopus is in football terms it occurs when the same player scores a touchdown also scores a two-point conversion glad that they had to clarify that i assume for legal purposes you know what the nba version of an octopus is right an nba version of the octopus is when you win eight straight titles even though you only won six titles but everybody says it's eight even though you didn't play because they're just like no, but he would have been an octopus. He would have. He would have. I thought you were going to say when the, the girl, when Kevin Durant joins the Suns and that girl shows back up and she finds eight players and somehow figures out a way to satisfy eight men with her arms, feet, mouth. Wow. And of course, puss. <laughs> puss. Side note, can we laugh that there's a movie and they made multiple called Puss in Boots? Can, like, can we just, can we laugh about that for a minute? Am I the only one who sees that? I'm like, that's hilarious. They made a movie Puss in Boots for kids. And it's not a movie about Cardi B's pre-rap career. Yeah. Or I was over at my brother's the other day and an old Bond movie was on. They literally had a character called Pussy Galore. An octopussy. Straight up had a character called Pussy Galore in a movie. Okay, the Gatorade one. Is well, I was just, wait, I was just talking about this with someone else. What was the other one? Oh, I was talking about this yesterday. Amazing. I'm so glad you brought this up. How about this? On national TV, primetime network TV, primetime network TV, weekly, boners to bone. <laughs> you remember boners to bone? Growing pains? Yeah. Yeah. Just... Guy walks in, boner. 
Just the fucking regular. Now Republicans just like if an Eminem wears high heels, they just their heads fucking turn to mush. But in the fucking 80s, a guy could just walk on screen and the whole TV goes boner and everybody fine with it. I don't know. I don't know why you keep you. I think everybody's triggered now. Okay. Boners to bone. You should look at him now. Richard Milhouse Stabone. His dad, Sylvester Stabone. <laughs> Don't get me into I was just pitching my girlfriend on the idea we should do. I was like, we need to do a finding boner about the conspiracy surrounding the guy who played Boner Stabone's death, which don't get me started. Real, that's a Netflix true crime doc if I've ever heard one. Wait, there's an episode where Boner asked Mike to kiss him? What? And that episode was called Kissing Boner. <laughs> All right, I, I can't do this. You you already got me like going down this. I can't. There's there's too much going on today. Yeah, yeah. You guys can you guys can uh put your own Put your own uh, math equation together for the if if you get on Boners to Bones Wikipedia page about the conspiracy surrounding his death, China, and being found hung in Canada. Wait, Boners to Bone really died? It, not only is he dead, he was found hanged in uh, Canada after uh, spending a long time with like fighting the Chinese against Burmese freedom and all this stuff. And then, and then he goes to China for like a week and he turns up dead. I'm not saying China killed my boner, but <laughs> <laughs> I am saying that. And now we are no longer allowed on TikTok. <laughs> Here's a quick fun one. And then we'll get through a few more of these and we'll actually talk about the game. A field goal doink prop. Will either kicker hit the upright or crossbar in a missed field goal? I love plus 375. Why not? You tell me every four Super Bowls somebody doesn't hit the crossbar? Yeah, they do. Yeah. This is a fun one. All right. What, what's one you want to get to? I don't know. Keep keep going down. Let's see. What what else is on the list? Because my my favorite ones, my favorite ones in terms of like money is uh is like, you know. James Harden points versus total score in the game. I like the waste management open, which is actually happening. What a fucking boss ass weekend in Phoenix. Can you imagine being at like the waste management open while the Super Bowl is going on? What a bananas weekend. Hole in ones versus, you know, player proposals. Shit like that. Why don't that. we do this? Why don't we pull up as we do that? Why don't I pull up some some prize pick possible plays that we could have during the Super Bowl? I already made a play for the record. You did. I don't have my my phone in front of me, but prize picks right now has a great deal going on. I shouldn't say deal. They have a a, a special, a special half a yard passing for Patrick Mahomes. So if you hop on over to prize picks, dirt balls, and I don't know, we've been pushing this all football season long. Go ahead now, download prize picks and play daily fantasy sports with us. Make sure you use promo code DIRTY. Once again, all first-time users that deposit and use promo code DIRTY will receive a 100% deposit matchup $100 to $100. I'm sorry. So if you deposit $100, you will get $100 back. 
I'll pull it up here on the screen. Now, yeah, basically, if you if one of your options, now you have to place two options, right? But if one of them would obviously be Patrick Mahomes here because yeah, it's half a yard. Half a yard on Patrick Mahomes. Let's go. I'm gonna go more than. <laughs> I'm gonna go more than on that as well. Jalen Hurts, 238 and a half passing yards. I'm going to go less than. Wow, really? Yes. I'm going to go more than. You're going to go more than. What I, about? You know what I like? You know what I like here? I like a, if you look at this uh, quarterback list that you've got up on the page, you scroll down just a little. Um. You've got a you've got a basically a freebie special half yard. Then you got a Jalen Hurts two thirty eight and a half. Then you got a uh, Patrick Mahomes two eighty five and a half. And then you've got a combined five twenty six and a half. You know what I'm? You know what my prize picks play of the week is? What is it? More than more than more than more than. I'm going across the board four four more thans. I'm assuming that number five twenty six and a half is those combined combined. I think they both go more than, and you're getting a free fourth one with the Patrick Holmes over a half. I'm going across the board for play. If you click on those four plays, Andy, what kind of odds are we getting on a more than, more than, more than, more than? Well, the problem is... I don't know if it's going to show because I'm in the state of Ohio. Aha. Uh-huh. I need to hop on over to Kentucky to make this play. Sadly. Now, I did I did make another play on receiving yards. I liked Miles Sanders more than four and a half receiving yards. I like that, too. It's, it's, it's one screen. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like, like, do you think Miles Sanders is going to get one screen more than four and a half yards? So I, I did the combo of that in the Patrick Mahomes half yard. I like that. Yeah. There, there's just, there's, there's so many options here. So many options right now. Why don't I pull up the MVP odds though? Super Dude, Bowl. MVP, I want MVP and I want first scores. First score is an even better play than me. Then, all right. So, what do we got here? See, why can't we just do? Why can't we just make this 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 easy to to pull up? Okay. Well, the game odds we know that player props. Just want everybody to know, I did it. On my Prize Picks app, okay. I downloaded the Prize Picks app many moons ago, and I updated it today. Ten to one on the on the four play. That's what it is. Yeah. Why are we betting plus six fifty on a fucking octopus when you get ten to one on Prize Picks? More than, more than, more than, more than. All right, sorry, man. I'm struggling pulling this up. Come on. That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know where this is going. Anyway, I'll, I'll find this. In the meantime, who do you like winning this game? Like, as I look for this, where are you at as far as the actual game? No bets. Who do you like? I like the Kansas City Chiefs. You and not, do? And not because of my hatred of the Eagles, but I believe... Here's... The, the simplest way I can put this is it's crazy that the team that has been in five consecutive AFC championship games Three now three Super Bowls in those five years with the greatest quarterback on planet Earth with, I think, despite Sirianni being, uh, uh, you know, proving himself as a, a good to great head coach already. I think that the Eagles have a coaching advantage. I think that the Eagles have or sorry, I think that the Eagles have the Chiefs have a coaching advantage. I think that the Chiefs have a quarterback advantage. Quarterback. Coach, defense, running the ball, right? But quarterback, coach. I mean, there's a reason Belichick and Brady got fucking seven of them or whatever goddamn many they have, six of them together. Um, I And I think that they're being disrespected. I think they're disrespected from a lot the the gambling line. I think they're being disrespected from the storyline. I think they're being – I just think – I, I was on the Chiefs early because I hate the Eagles. Now I'm on the Chiefs because I'm like, how is no one talking about the Chiefs? Andy Reid 3-0 and against the Eagles. Um, Andy Reid, a lot of Eagles people in the Andy Reid Chiefs organization that he pulled over. Um, Andy Reid famously fired by the Chiefs or fired by the Eagles, signed with the Chiefs. Like within a week, they were like, "Oh, it's time for Andy Reid." Like Andy Reid, you know, you had you know you had this thing with your son, and you have a tough year and whatever. And he was like, "I'm going to the fucking Chiefs." Um, I'm not the world's biggest Andy Reid fan. I think Andy Reid's accolades have been overblown by getting Patrick Mahomes, but at the same time, at this point, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm feeling a little disrespected. Yeah, I'm pretty torn. Now, the interior line on both sides of the ball is going to greatly favor the Eagles. Absolutely. Two weeks, I, I assume his ankle is mostly healed or healed. I don't know. Not a doctor. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it's hard to say because they were lying and saying he had a high ankle sprain when he clearly didn't. So his high ankle sprain probably not healed. But, of course, if he didn't have a high ankle sprain, which seems like he doesn't, that has healed now in such a close game as far as the line right it's at one and a half right now eagles you, you're in a way I, I mean it's almost a pick for me and then when you do a pick you're gonna say okay who's got the better quarterback which obviously is the chiefs it's a real tough pick also Jalen hurts has never played in the super bowl i i really value those things i always say you don't know until you're there they strongly feel this could break the record. Now, you said there wasn't much fanfare, and maybe they're just saying this to hype it up. There's a lot of sentiment that they could break the all-time viewing record. The Super oh, Bowl. I think that that's a no-brainer because, you know, there's more access to it. This is the thing everybody watches. 
you also have streaming and all this shit now and they, they can't they count they're getting better at counting those numbers yeah five so, years ago people were already streaming things but they weren't being counted you know i'm leaning towards the eagles slightly it's a toss-up though but i'm leaning the, towards the eagles i need winning. you to do that that's where I'm at right now. I'm leaning towards the Eagles win in a close one. Patrick Mahomes' mobility is going to be a major factor if he can't. If they can't, like the mobility is a thing, but also protecting him so he doesn't need to be mobile is a huge thing. I mean, the yeah. Eagles, no doubt about it. Their, their defensive line has been spectacular. Their pass rush has been spectacular. Um the 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 if if they can't protect Patrick Mahomes if the Eagles get to Patrick Mahomes and obviously this is like you know if the if LeBron James only scores five points like it's obvious like obviously if Patrick Mahomes like this is not a Joe Burrow Titan situation they're not sacking Patrick Mahomes nine times and he's winning the game this isn't an Eli Manning versus the 49ers they're not he's not getting hit 40 times and sacked six and they're still winning this game if the defensive line can get to Mahomes the the Eagles are going to win the game it's like the Bucks game but Bucks Super Bowl sorry four sacks and six pressures or eight pressures or whatever and like they, oh they, no they're dude if they get four sacks the Eagles are winning that game okay Hands down. I, I think I think that's in the I think that's the kind of the number right there over under three and a half. Um, but it's really I think even more than the sacks itself. It's just if he's constantly under pressure and if the Eagles, um, can can just con like constantly if it's a giant Super Bowl with the Patriots if he's constantly under pressure I think yeah absolutely then what it does is it gives them a chance and I'm going to say it again and I've gotten so much hate from Eagles fans it gives them a chance to run the offense that I think gives them far and away the best chance to win which is them just pounding the ball running down the throats I'm going to say it again despite what the numbers show through the year in terms of total offense and their ability to score and whatever is the Eagle. If you look at the Eagles and who they played this year, they really did not have it, like an incredibly super challenging game the whole year. And I'm just going to like the Eagles offense to me is suspect in that. I don't think there is a lot to it. Run the ball down your fucking throat, chuck it to our wide receivers on a fade pattern or throw a little screen to uh, those guys when it's third and fourth, third and five. I just think you need to like the chiefs are going to come into this game and there's going to be a point where like a dog with a Frisbee is in the huddle and then they all do a ballet move and they snap and the balls put on the sideline and it's good. And everybody fucking, pretends to be on puppet strings like they're in an NSYNC video in the early 2000s. And then the ball gets snapped to Travis Kelsey, who farts it to Patrick Mahomes, who kicks it to the corner for a thing. Like, and I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but they're going to bring elements to this game. They're going to bring things that you haven't seen. I have not 
I've watched a lot of Eagles football. I just haven't seen a whole lot from them that isn't, we're going to run the ball straight. And if it, if we get ourselves in a third and four or third and five situation, we're just going to get the ball in the hands of one of our best receivers one way or the other. I just think when it comes to the Super Bowl, just saying, Hey, we're going to chuck the ball up to Devonte Smith. Isn't it's, I don't think it's a strategy. I don't think it's a strategy. I think that you have two weeks to prepare for this game. Andy Reid's always been great after a bye. Spagnola's going to come with stuff. I just think if this gets into a situation where the Eagles aren't pressuring Mahomes to the point where the, the Chiefs are backed up and punting a lot and they have the ability to run the ball from midfield, if this is a shootout, I got the Chiefs. Yeah, I don't think it will be. And that's why I'm leaning towards the Eagles. Also, the Chiefs need to run the ball. They they need to. You got to establish some sort of running game. I'm the not screen ex- game is running the ball. Okay, in my opinion, fair enough. So I have some MVP Super Bowl odds for you. Let's go. Because I know you wanted to look at that, and I want first TD too. Okay, and I want over unders on some guys. All right. I mean, are we, is this going to be a four hour show? What are we doing here? All right, let's bang it out. All right. Super Bowl odds. This might be tough for you to see. Let me, let me zoom. I can see it. I can see it. You can see it. All right. So these are the, these are the main plays here for Super Bowl odds. Your favorite is obviously Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Plus 130. Which we're not going to bet on. And I'm not (laughs) saying that those guys aren't going to win. I'm just not going to bet them. Yeah. Next up, Travis Kelsey plus sixteen hundred, AJ Brown plus eighteen hundred, Miles Sanders twenty five hundred, Devontae Smith thirty one hundred. You know, and then it just really trails off after that. Travis Kelsey at sixteen to one is like the no brainer value bet. Sixteen to one on a guy who might catch fifteen balls. No brainer, no brainer value bet. Way, way, way better value than eighteen hundred for AJ Brown, twenty five hundred for Miles Sanders, thirty one hundred. Honestly, the next best one to me, a guy like Hassan Reddick, thirty four to one. We just talked about it. If the Eagles get to Mahomes, and it is one of those Giants Patriots games, but you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't have to doesn't get the ball back with 58 seconds and make, you know, one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history and steal the MVP award. Then 34 to one for Hassan Reddick. Those are my two plays. It, it is crazy to me that you're you're st- you can get Travis Kelsey at 16 to one. It's crazy to me. Well, hey, but I mean, now. again, I just think it's going to be a quarterback. That's why. But if Patrick Mahomes, dude, we had we had Cooper Cup last year. Travis Kelsey's more uh Patrick Mahomes security blanket than Cooper Cup is even fucking the Rams security blanket. Yeah. All right. Sixteen at, at sixteen to one. Let's look at scoring. First person to score a touchdown. Let's go. Oh, skip position. The yeah. In the total, oh no, where are we at here? Why why do they not have first person? You know, might be might be is this is a slide of game props? 
Nope, that's totals. Position. I don't know. Keep going down. My total intervals keep going. There you go. Player to score first touchdown. Keep going down. There you go. Player to score first points in the game. Oh, first points in the game. That's interesting. I bet you touchdowns is underneath that. Jeez. So many. They don't have it. That's that's insane. I was struggling finding it, and I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. So first person to score, the the favorite is Harrison Butker. First to points. Score, to score points, correct. So they have the kickers. That's interesting to me. Yeah. And then you have Travis Kelsey and then Miles Sanders. I've got I've got the standard here. So first touchdown score, Super Bowl 57. Travis Kelsey's plus 700. Kenneth Gamewell plus 2200. Uh where to Oh god, you guys that was their like picks. I'm telling you, here's what I want to tell you guys. My guy. Um I hate it. I hate it because he um he left the Giants, but who's my uh, who's my receiver from the Giants? Ingram? No, no, he's not them. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. I don't know what his thing is, but I can see them with a fucking tricky trick play. I'm going Kadarius Tony. I bet his odds are bananas. Um. That's my that's my guy. I wish I could pull all this stuff up. But it's fine. I should you know, I could get mad at you, but I can't because I do nothing for the show except show up. So you're sitting in a you're sitting in a comfortable seat right now where you know, I want to be like, "Why the fuck didn't you prep this?" And you're like, "Why didn't you read the rundown?" And I'm like, "Touche. Touche." I'm totally clipping that for for my own. <laughs> you said I do nothing for the show except show up. I am making a note. Clip that. And watch a ton of sports with a brain that can, you know, process things better than, you know, any Jordan Stan ever and a variety of other things. But, you know, but there, there's a lot we, we're not going to get to, which is fine. I do want to play the Roger Goodell clip on the officiating. Okay. Just because he is such a politician how he answers this. And I've read a lot on this answer. He's questioned about the refs and questioned about, especially the AFC championship game. Uh, I think for us. And, and what I want to play is that he, he, I, I've read things I should say, excuse me, that he was almost prepped. Yeah. Now, the, now these are again, like conspiracies. Like he knew this question was coming. Absolutely. Sadly, I couldn't find the actual question. But I know the reporter said a lot of things he didn't like. And he was on the defensive, but he's very vague and he's also generic. This was this week where every year the commissioner has to sit down in front of reporters and ask and, and answer tough questions. 
And this was his response to the current state of NFL officiating, which not just us, everyone from analysts to former players to former officials themselves, everyone has been very critical of the state of NFL refs. And this is what he said in response to that. Uh, I think for us, when you look at officiating, I don't think it's ever been better in the league. There are over 42,000 plays in a season. Multiple infractions could occur on any play. Take that out or extrapolate that. That's hundreds, if not millions, of, of, of potential fouls. And our officials do an extraordinary job of getting those. Are there mistakes in the context of that? Yes. They are not perfect, and officiating never will. But we've also had, obviously, replay and other aspects that help us address those issues to make sure they're not uh, something that uh, we can't correct on the field. Communications between our office, that is not the case the, in the championship game. That, that was stopped appropriately because the clock was running by an official on the field. That happens frequently in our game. Bullshit. I just want to stop it there. That's just, dude, they straight ran a play. It, the, 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 the sad slash um, like offensive part of this is that he might not necessarily be wrong, but he's presenting it in a way that is absolutely offensive to anybody with a fucking brain, which yeah. is, which is, um, you know, Cars have never been safer. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. So we have we have replay now and we have whatever. And you're getting more calls right by a 50,000% a, a, a than you did in the 70s when there was one camera on the game and whatever. But what is what is offensive about it in his thing is like, you guys now have the ability to look at everything the same way we do. So which, we which, know when we've got it, when you've got it wrong, because you're looking at, we're looking at 25 different angles and you, the, the, the so he, about to, he says that, do you see yeah. this? Yeah. Uh, let, let, let me finish what he says. That's not an unusual. Sorry. Let me get that up there. Uh Oh, messing with the screens. Okay. Here we are thing to have that happen so again we want to go back and look at the facts we may not disagree we may not agree with every TV drink some water bro. or every officiating expert but we think yeah, what's up with his lips can we talk about that yeah he's nervous as shit to be lying in front of 40 billion people <laughs> you know he sounds like he sounds like roscoe in the morning when he wakes up and he comes over to like you know like to go outside like give me kisses and you sound, you sound like an 18 pound multi poo, dude. Get some water, you lying piece of shit. Our officials are doing a great job, but we're always going to look through our competition committee and everything else we have how we improve our officiating. But it will never be perfect. In addition, I think we all have to realize through the quality of what we see on our broadcast, you've never been able to see the kinds of things that you can see today. And you see it in super slow-mo. You see it where you can actually stop it. Sometimes that distorts a, a call potentially. But the reality is our officials are held to an incredibly high standard. And I think they meet it. Will we try to get better? You betcha. So he never said, hey, we should have full-time officials. That's what I want to hear. Hey, man, I don't want the guy who's a lawyer, the Ed Hockley's of the world, who are full-time lawyers or whatever. And on the weekends... 
instead of golfing, they're calling NFL games, which now that you have legal gambling, have billions of dollars at stake, man. Like this isn't, hey, oh, we fucked up the call in the chiefs Bengals game. This is billions of dollars are on the line now, man. The, that And that's the thing is like, you have this competition committee and you have these reviewable things and you do all the stuff. And the, the issue is you will lie to people and say that you're trying to do it. When we saw this occur just a couple of years ago, there was a blatant fucking no call. You adjusted it and then you changed it because you have a group of individuals in the referees who refuse to admit they're wrong. And to this day, when something goes wrong, like the clock stoppage, like the extra down in the Chiefs Bengals game, you refuse to admit that you're wrong. You refuse to admit that you're wrong. It's I, I made the same reference and I'm going to say it again. Oh, not all cops are bad. But if you're not willing to turn in the cops who are bad, then you are bad. You might not have killed somebody. You might not be racist. You might not have shot somebody. If you're not willing to go in front of fucking internal affairs and say, this guy's a piece of shit racist cop, then you are as responsible as anyone. You can say that we're doing the best job we can. But if you change your rules because you your refs refuse to admit that they're wrong and you refuse to force them to, then you're a liar. You're not doing the best job that you can. You're as responsible for it as anyone. When you get it wrong, own it. When you get it wrong, say you fucked up from a league level to down to the referee level. It's the same thing as everybody saying, why don't the refs have to go out there and answer for themselves? Why don't the refs have to review after the game? Patrick Mahomes is going to say, hey, on that third, we saw 20 angles on it. And that third and 12 play, the linebacker was right there and you threw it right to him. Why do you do that? You have to answer to your fans. You have to answer. But when a ref makes a call and they say, hey, we've watched it in 20 different angles. You got it wrong. You don't have to answer for yourself. And Goodell doesn't have to answer themselves. And they just stand behind. We're doing the best job we've ever done. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. Answer. You have to take the you have to wear the L chains every once in a while. And until you do wear the L chain every once in a while, you're just saying we're always going to be right because we'll never admit we're wrong. Yeah. And using the excuse that, hey, you as viewers have never had more access to the angles and the slow mo and all those different perceptions you can see on each play. Dude, that's such a cop out. Because we're not, we're not talking about, I mean, Bengals fans are, but they're butthurt. We're not talking about miss holds. Yeah. We're talking about exactly. fuck you fucked up. Yeah. You got to like, like you said, Joe, we're talking about, you gave a full other down. If you're not going, it's this again, it's the same thing with like cops and unions and whatever. It's like, if you as a, if you as a Goodell, if you as a league committee or whatever, if you don't say, this ref by name fucked up that call, then the whole thing is a sham. 
oh, we don't do that. We protect our own. We don't single out guys. Not all refs are bad. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's just a couple bad apples. No, fuck you. Until you own it and until you make people as responsible for their mistakes as you make players when they throw a pick or they fumble or they, for, that the guy who fucking, dude, the, the, the dude who shoved Patrick Mahomes, like everybody's talking about his fucking play, but the rest, we never, we don't, we don't talk about their names. Their names aren't on the back of their fucking shirts. You know, we don't say this fucking dude fucked it up. And until you do that, all this shit of it's better than it's ever been because we also have cameras is bullshit. Yeah, it should be better. Congratulations having modern fucking technology. But I would also argue that's just a lie because it's not better because there's just as many controversial – the number of controversial calls when I'm watching games in 2023 versus 2003 hasn't really gone down. I'm saying what the fuck is going on here? This, the same number of times because 20 they just years moved ago. on because they didn't show up before. Because remember, there it's all protecting the fucking league. But like when we're doing the reviews at home, they're doing the reviews there. And the bottom line is just get it right. Again, why does the call on the field matter? Why th- this is the number one thing I always say when it comes to refereeing. Why does the call on the field matter? Why does the call on the field matter? Because some dickhead fucked it up. That's gonna change. You you're literally saying, we think you fucked up. We're going to double check. But when in doubt, we're going to defer to the thing that we think you fucked up. Yeah, it's, I know. It, in, in, in that fact alone, it is the essence of what is wrong with the NFL. When in doubt, when in doubt, the referee is right. <laughs> Why? That's the dumbest thing I've ever fucking heard. Well, nothing's going to change. We know that. So it sucks. Um, it feels like we're wrapping up here, right? We are. Okay. Yeah. Cause I got to go. And, but I want to add one last thing. Cause I sent, I sent Andy Laz a uh, message while we were talking Jordan LeBron. I said, remove bonds from the convo because we know he's so polarizing. Who's the greatest hitter of all time? He said, probably Ted Williams. I was going to say, he's probably going to say Ted Williams. But Ted Williams even said that the cutter would have given him big problems. I think you can make a case for Tony Gwynn, Ichiro, Miguel Cabrera, Willie Mays, Mike Trout. If Ted Williams had the most hits of all time, we don't give a fuck how many World Series championships he won or didn't win. Sometimes it's just fucking obvious, guys. When you got... When you are the Ted Williams and you got the Pete Rose, Ted Williams and Pete Rose had each other's numbers. They're the greatest hitter of all time. Who's the greatest scorer of all time? The guy who's fifth on the all-time scoring list with the most points. He's the best scorer of all time. It's not that fucking hard. Words to live by. Give us a rank. 310-359-8365. That's our hotline. We are also available on social media at The Dirty Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and I think I might finally get TikTok for Dirty Sports. I might actually do it. We already have TikTok for Dirty Sports. I know, but oh, I might, might download it. I might actually download it. Yeah, let's go. These clips started to be going on Dirty Sports. I'm just saying, Prano, you know, I'm just like, I was looking, I was like, we need, we need, 
we need a little content maybe. Now I'll tell got- you. What, I'll tell you what we need first things first. And I don't know if there are any like video editors out there because we obviously lost our our main video editor to the Utah Jazz. But we could use some video editing help. I know that for sure because you know some we need we need to put things up in upright form for things like TikTok. You know what needs to be on TikTok immediately is our NBA math segment for all the fucking well LeBron shoots threes. Remember that absolute fucking diamond of a fucking segment the dirty sports short we put out it's absolutely it's time to bring time to re-put that is out. that on youtube it's on youtube we need it on the we'd talk. have to condense it yeah put it up in parts video editors get at me get my deems i'm at joe Prane on all social media i am at Fix Your Life on Twitter. JoePrano.com for all live shows, as Andy has just put up on the screen. Uh, San Diego next week, Wednesday, Thursday. We got uh, Candy's Boom Boom Room for the Josh Nelson comedy show. We got uh, Madhouse Comedy Club on Thursday. Oeno Vino here in L.A. on Friday. Westside Comedy Theater here on Saturday. All with my uh, my comedy protege, Pete Sestaro, in tow. And then, of course, as I rem- mentioned last week, the number one thing. Friday, March 10th, last best comedy show for any dirtballs who are in Montana. The Montana Dirtballs. Come see me. Let's go. All right. Enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend, guys. We'll be back go on Chiefs. Monday. We'll be back on Monday. Have a great weekend. And as always, stay dirty.